Welcome back to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. I'm your host, a Big Les. Let's talk about Origin 3. What a game. We predicted that the Blues would win. Uh, I thought that it was going to be a little bit closer than it was, to be honest. I thought it would be by one try. I thought it was even going to be by a field goal or something ridiculous. I thought it was going to be super close. But two tries and an extra conversion as well. Really, really good stuff from the Blues. Uh, And a much better game. I thought that we were much more aggressive, which is what we've been calling for for a while from the Blues, especially me. You've obviously heard that I've been going on about it, how the Blues needed to be a little bit more aggressive in their attack, in their defense. We were calling it for it, not only in my previews and reviews of obviously the previous ones, but also on BTFU. Me and Gav have been screaming um, for the Blues to be a little bit more aggressive and just a little bit better in defense. And they were definitely better in defense. Their defense was outstanding. I thought that Bradman Best was a success. Um, we, you know, he was obviously criticised a little bit. He's not everyone's first choice. I will admit that even still, after the game that Bradman Best had, before the game, before Bradman Best walked out onto the field, I still would have picked Burton in my side in for game three. But Bradman Best was absolutely outstanding going into this game. And now it sort of makes me think that I'd probably pick him going into next year if he has a successful year next year. But then again, you think about all the other guys that will be back by then. Hopefully, a fully fit Campbell Graham will be back. Am I going to pick a Tom Travojevic? Probably not. I don't think he's going to get picked Um you know, for me, I wouldn't pick him just quietly just because he's too injury prone. If he was fit for the full first half of the season, he definitely gets picked. But if there's any injuries uh, going into next season, I probably wouldn't pick him. Uh, as for Latrell, he'll be back as well. So, you know, it changes up the team a little bit. Do you put Jerome Luai back into this side, um, you know, at six? Or do you keep Cody Walker? Cody Walker's 33. Next season, he'll be 34. You know, He's starting to get to that age where you might see him retire from rep footy. James Tedesco is the same. You'd think after a win, he might consider retiring from rep football. We might hear that announcement over the next few months. I'm not sure. Maybe even after an Australian test, he might, um, you know, hang up the boots in terms of rep football, which will be very interesting to see what direction they go in the Blues and for Australia as well. You got to you got to remember he's the captain for both of those sides. Um, so yeah, look, very interesting stuff um, for the Blues in terms of the centres though. Bradman Best, absolutely outstanding. Super impressed with him. Two tries, uh, ran for a stack of meters as well. Every time he got the ball, he was dangerous as well, taking hit ups through the middle. Um, not as much gusto as I thought he would have in terms of running the ball into the line. But when he got into space, he was so dangerous down that left-hand side. Him and Ado Carr, a great combination and one I think they're probably going to use going down that left-hand side a little bit more often going into the next few years. I think Bradman Best has pretty much solidified a spot for me. I'd probably highly consider selecting him for next year. I don't think I'd be changing it up too much. Would we go back to Latrell Mitchell and Tom Travojevic centre pairing? As I said, it really depends on how Tom Travojevic comes back into next season. If there's any injuries for Tom Travojevic going into next year, I'm probably not going to pick him. Um, But yeah, look, I mean, Bradman Best, he's pretty much just proved himself as an origin player. And I think that I'd definitely consider putting his name in there for next year. He was outstanding. Um, Cody Walker, in or out. Look, as we said, it depends on if they want to bring Jerome Luai back in. Uh, people loved his performance last night, including me. I thought he was outstanding, Cody Walker. He pretty much unlocked the outside backs, which is basically what the Blues needed. They were very dominant through the middle. It'd be 
really going through the middle a lot. In the past two games, they were really focusing on going through the middle with their forwards and getting absolutely fucking bashed. Um, but, you know, they, and they weren't really going to their sides. They weren't really going to their edges as often. And when they were going to their edges, it was only one side. And, you know, Tom Trevojevic and Adokar didn't really get much ball when they were out there on that left edge. And obviously going into this game, Brandon Best and Adokar and that, on that side and Cody Walker with Liam Martin, I thought that was a fucking outstanding combination. I think they were very unlucky, you know, with a few of the short balls that Cody Walker did try. And he was usually going for the long ball out to Adokar and out to Bradman Best. Fuck, he had a few opportunities, especially that first one that denied tr- or that try where he kicked it in. I thought that it was very unlucky that Liam Martin didn't get a short ball because he was through. He was through for a try, Liam Martin was. Um, very unlucky that he didn't get the ball then and, and obviously Cody Walker kicked it. But, um, you know, yeah, as I said, there was a few times during that game where there was on for a short ball to Liam Martin um, and then obviously to go down the short side on the next play if Liam Martin was taken down. But there was a few times, Liam Martin runs the ball fucking hard too for, for a guy his size, runs the ball hard. I mean, there was a few times where Liam Martin was pretty much in space if you threw a short ball to him. And uh, I would have liked to see that happen a little bit more uh, rather than just going straight out to Bradman Best and to Josh Adokar. But even that worked in itself. Bradman Best was outstanding. Adokar, I felt like, was one of his better games. You know, there was a lot of criticism about him. You know, people, a lot of people were saying, get him out, get him out, get him out. You know, he provides so much speed and X-factor in attack. But not only that, but he ran the ball fucking hard and he caught the ball every time. He did not drop one ball. He caught every ball, whether it was a pass, whether it was a kick. He caught every ball under pressure from kicks. He got up there and got every single ball. He was outstanding, at Josh Adokar. Absolutely outstanding. I thought that he had one of his better origin games, at least for this season. Um, but yeah, Moses versus Cleary is another big topic of discussion for the Blues. Moses has been great the past two games. Yes, he lost the, the second game for us in game two. We didn't lose it for us, but he was in that losing side um, for game two. But him and Cody, fuck, that's a good combination. And do you really want to split that up going into next year and put Cleary back in? Cleary's had some outstanding years as well. So it's going to be very hard to pick. It's going to be very hard to leave Moses out. And I don't think I'd pick Cleary and Moses only because I don't really like two game manager game managing halves um, in the halves together. I think it just creates problems. It creates issues because they obviously look at the game a lot differently. They obviously have a very similar playing style. They're both great in terms of kicking the ball, um, and you know their running game's outstanding when when it's on. Um, I think Moses just has a little bit of a better running game. But fuck, it's going to be so close and so hard to pick between the two. And as I said, after this year, after that win in game three, it is going to be very, very hard to keep uh, Mitchell Moses out of this side. Very hard. Um, In terms of Queensland, I thought that Munster was much more involved in this game. Uh, We were sort of calling for that in the preview of this one. You know, obviously it was very DCE dominant in game one and two. But in game three, I thought for Queensland, if there was any, you know, areas to compliment them in, obviously they had a great game and there was a few forwards that stood out for me for Queensland as well. Um, But I thought that Cameron Munster, particularly going down his left side, yes, he didn't unlock the backs as well as Cody Walker did, but, you know, his kicking game was great. That try that he put the kick in for Hammer was outstanding. Um, But yeah, I thought that he was much better and much more involved, and I think that's what we were looking for. Uh, I think that's what Queensland fans were looking for when watching Munster and how he's played in game one and two, but I thought he was much more involved. It was a key note that I have here uh, for Queensland. We talk about the the forwards and their performances. Um, You know, I think that Munster 
monster in the halves was outstanding for the Maroons in terms of his performance, in terms of the Maroons' performance. Um, yeah, Addo Carr silenced the haters. We sort of already talked about that. He had a big game. Um, Teddy, 240 metres. Fuck, we've been calling for him to have a big game. That was one of the best games I've seen from Tedesco, just in terms of the consistency throughout the entire game. There were some moments where he was wasting tackles, obviously running the ball himself uh, instead of giving it to a front rower or giving it to Cody Walker to go down that left. Um, there was a few times where, you know, he yeah did come into the line for a run a little bit too much and got involved twice and three times a set, which is not really what we want. We want to sort of spread the ball around a bit. Um, but, you know, in terms of his running game, whether it was going down that left and getting numbers on that side or um, just some of the little things from Teddy in terms of his attack, I thought that he was great. I thought he was much better than he was in game one and two. He's definitely improved. And I think that you can fairly say that even he silenced a few haters um, going into that, you know, playing that game. I thought he was outstanding. Um, yeah, my, big improvement from Tedesco for me. 240 metres, a, a bunch of tackle busts as well. He was great. Um, yeah, look, we talked about it at the start, but the aggression from the Blues. I thought that they were much more aggressive, whether it was in attack or defence. I thought Isaiah Yo coming off the bench in terms of his running game. You know, we're very used to seeing a ball-playing second 5'8 type of Isaiah Yo, where he's much more reluctant to pass the ball than he is to run it. But I thought that his running game, I mean, I think Cliffy Lyons said it when we were talking on BTFU, the fact that, you know, he's so good at running the ball, but he always chooses to pass the ball. And I sort of was like, yeah, but he's a very good ball player though. I think that he's a roaming lock forward. I think that's just his role. Going into that game, watching how hard he ran the ball when he came on in the front row for that short stint, I thought that he was outstanding and I'd probably be reluctant to put him on the bench again, to be honest, just after that performance. I saw a very different Isaiah Yo, which was very interesting to see and very cool to see as well. I think that he played that off-the-bench off the front rower role really well, considering that we were sort of going into this game going, how is this bench rotation going to work? Both back rowers played 80 minutes. Liam Martin and Keon Kalomatangi, I believe, both played 80 minutes. But mind you, Keon Kalomatangi was outstanding and super tough, coming in the middle as well, putting some shots on with Liam Martin. Uh, Liam Martin was everywhere, everywhere on the field that night too, just putting shots on. That shot on Lindsay Collins that he put on, I think it was in early in the second half, that was unbelievable. Like he didn't, Lindsay Collins didn't go flying. It wasn't outrageous, but stopped him in his tracks. Lindsay Collins was a little bit more quiet, um, you know, after that hit as well. Um, it was a really, really good hit from Liam Martin. And he had a few good big hits as well. There was one, I believe, on Hammer. Uh, him and Stephen Crichton came out of the line and smashed him. And that's what I mean by he was everywhere. He's a left edge back roller in this game. And he comes to the right edge to put a shot on, obviously, the left center in Hammer. So, Tubby like he he's, was he was everywhere in terms of his defense and always coming in for a run in a set even though he's in an edge back rower he's sort of used to coming in uh, off the bench in the middle and just having a crack uh, Liam Martin I think he got really used to that role since that's what that's the role that he was playing in game one and two uh, but I thought he was great he was really really good and considering he played the full 80 I was really impressed him and Cleon Kalamatangi I thought were great but Liam Martin was outstanding um, AJ Brimson now I think they did miss Reese Walsh a little bit I think that AJ was
was a little bit quiet. He was sort of standing in and around the dummy half a little bit and just wasn't getting too involved. Uh, there were some times where he was getting involved, but he was, as, as we said about um, Isaiah Yo, more reluctant to pass the ball than to run it. Uh, Isaiah Yo, talking about Isaiah Yo from game you know, one and two, and obviously his footy at Penrith, more reluctant to pass than to run. Uh, and that was AJ throughout this entire game. Every time he got the ball, I thought that he passed it and just, you know, wasn't taking too many runs. Although that put a lot of pressure on his outside backs as well. Um, you know, in obviously Xavier Coates. I thought Xavier Coates was quiet as well. They didn't really go down his edge much. I didn't even realise he was playing for most of the most of the game. He just wasn't getting much ball at all. But yeah, I thought that for a Reese Walsh replacement, a guy that plays a very similar game to Reese Walsh, I thought they still missed Reese Walsh. And I think AJ, you know, he just didn't get involved as much as I thought that he would and that I wanted him to um, as a fan of rugby league. I just wanted to see him get a little bit more involved uh, but you know obviously Cameron Munster got more involved DCE was good uh, in the number 7 jersey not as good as game 1 and 2 but I still thought he was okay um, but the Blues just had more of the ball the Blues just had more of the ball they were more aggressive in defence um, you know there was one set where they kept the Maroons in their 40 due to some really big hits and some strong defence which pretty much won them the game for me it pretty much won them the game Look, as we mentioned before for the Blues, the bench rotation, they worked it out. It worked okay. Yes, Gutho got less minutes than the streaker did. Got about three and a half to two minutes, which was I thought was pretty disappointing. Um, and it just goes to show that Freddie, I guess, didn't have a plan for him. I think he was just there in case one of the outside backs got injured which I would have liked to have maybe had a plan for him to come in and either play a bit of centre. He came on in the wing and sort of just came in for a few runs. I think he touched the ball once during the time that he was on, and that was when the ball got kicked to him on the last tackle, and that was the end of the game. Um, But I would have liked to have seen him come on a little bit earlier and maybe just come through the middle and and just create a bit of X factor. But I think the Blues were just concerned you know, the defense was going so well in the middle, they really didn't want to disrupt that by bringing Gutho on in that roaming sort of role. And it's always sort of discussed in the preview as well. He's just not big enough to play that middle role for me. Um, but I look, I mean, as I said, I would have liked to have seen him get more minutes somewhere. Would have liked there to be a little bit more of a plan for him. Uh, and obviously, you know, we we're having this discussion with Gav, you know, Freddie came out and said that there was no plan. Gav was like, if there was a plan, would he tell you? And I, I sort of was, was thinking, yeah, it's probably right. There probably is a plan for him that we just don't know. But watching that game, watching him get two minutes, you know, you sort of do think maybe there wasn't a plan for Clint Gutherson going into this game and he was there just to cover for injury. But then again, he's just one of those guys that you just want in and around the squad as well uh, as a hype man. And they only really needed the three players that they had on their bench, Robson, to come on in that hooking role. Jacob Saifidi, who I thought was okay as well and did a job there in the front row. Isaiah Yo, who I thought was great coming into that front row role. But if there was anyone for the Blues in the forwards that really stood out for me, uh, it was Regan Campbell-Gillard. Every time he took the ball um, and ran that ran that ball, he ran hard. Those runs that he had off a kickoff were insane. He was absolutely smashing everyone he ran at. There was one where they obviously drove him, drove him back about five metres, but other than that, he was outstanding in there in the front row. One of the tougher front rowers as well for the Blues. And again, it just makes you think, you know, if they go for a Penrith spine again, is he going to come back? Um, you know, depending on how this side looks going into next year, if it looks anything similar to how it does now, is he going to be there going into next year? Uh, does Junior Paolo come back or does he sit out next year as well? Is Regan Campbell-Gillard the guy now to come in and play that starting front row role? 
we know are we going to see a different team again going into next year? A lot of questions going into next year as well for the Blues. But, you know, I think that Regan Campbell-Gillard, Bradman Best, they've got to be in the discussion. Mitchell Moses as well, uh, depending on if they're bringing Cleary back or not. I'd still have Moses in and around the squad because um, he was outstanding in that game. He really was, and he's been really good this series at seven coming in for Cleary. Uh, and Cody Walker, fuck, he's got to be there at the six, even though he is 33-34. He unlocked the outside backs. It's what they needed all series. They needed to go to their edges a little bit more. Um, you know, there's an argument both ways for Cody, and I said it on a post, um, you know, a few days ago that there's an argument both ways for Cody Walker, um, but a lot of people after watching this game, and, and including me after watching this game, I'd love to see him there going into next year, but how many years are you going to get out of Cody in rep football before he retires from rep footy? Could even be at the end of this year where he retires from rep footy, to be honest. Um but yeah, look, I mean, how many more years are we going to get out of Cody? I mean, Josh Josh Papali'i obviously just turned 30, 31, and he's retired from rep footy. We could see Tedesco retire from rep footy over the next few years, maybe even at the end of this year after the World Cup. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, a lot of guys that are in their mid-30s that could end up retiring from rep footy before Origin next year. Um, and obviously, I've flagged those in a post that's going to be coming out. Um, obviously, came out a few days ago. Look, I'm very keen to see how the Blues, what direction the Blues do go uh, down going into next year. Are they picking a very similar side to what they picked uh, going into this game? Are they going back to old habits? It'd be very interesting to see for me. Very interesting to see. Just quickly before we go into all of the guys that got player of the series and whatnot, um, Collins and Campbell Gillard, we obviously mentioned. Lindsay Collins as well, again, was great. He was great. And I thought he was going to get player of the series. I was fucking telling everyone that I, that was around me when we were watching who was going to get player of the series. I said, it's going to be Lindsay Collins. He's been great all year. He is the player of the series. He's been fucking outstanding for Queensland, running the ball, the insane things that he's done as well during games, whether it's catching a ball over Tedesco and setting up a try. Um, you know, the little things that Lindsay Collins does, I mean, he's got to be the player of the series. Um, but credit to Ruben Cotter. I mean, in terms of consistency, um, in terms of all of the stats that he gets each game, he runs over 100 metres. He makes a shit ton of tackles. He can play anywhere in the forwards, and he has been. He moved to the back row again this game and obviously went to and from the back row in the front row. Um, you know, his versatility during the series was outstanding. His gameplay during the series was outstanding. You know, he was just under Lindsay Collins for me. In terms of my player of the series, I would have gone with Lindsay Collins, but I'm not surprised whatsoever that Cotter got it. And congratulations to him because he had a really, really good um, series for me, a really good series. Uh, Cody Walker got man of the match um, in this game as well, and I thought that he definitely was. Again, he unlocked the outside backs. He looked really good in attack. His running game was sensational. His kicks were great. I mean, he... His all-round game was outstanding in this one. And again, it's going to have a lot of people asking questions. Is he going to be the 5'8 going into next year for the Blues? Uh, it's There's arguments going both ways. As I said, you know, age versus talent. Are you going to pick Cody Walker? We'll have to wait and see. Uh, but he was outstanding. He was definitely the man of the match for me in this one, especially for the Blues. At least he was outstanding. Um, but yeah, look, I mean... That is the preview in terms of looking at the team going into next year. And this will be, uh, this will obviously been released already to you guys. I've done up a little um, post, which is going through the teams for next year. Very similar to the teams from this year. Um, but I have made maybe one or two changes based on who's going to be coming back. Um, and yeah, look, they're very, very 
similar sides to what was named in Game 3. Uh, but obviously, as I said, changes depending on who's coming back. Um, for me, and this is going to be a big call, but I do have Mitch Moses at halfback. It depends how Nathan Cleary p- plays going into next year. He's obviously probably going to earn this spot back. But I've got Mitch Moses at the moment. Uh, I've got Mitch Moses slash Nathan Cleary because I just cannot separate them both. Uh, but for me, gun to head, I'd probably go with uh, Mitch Moses just off the series that he's had. He's been outstanding, um, and it's going to be really hard, as I said, to leave him out. So I've got one slash the other. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they bring Nathan Cleary back in, but if Nathan Cleary's in, then Mitchell Moses has to be in the squad. Keep in mind, I'm recording this on the day I'm making the post. I'm recording this on the Thursday, the day after the game, just so I'm nice and fresh and I remember all those points. But yeah, look, I mean, this post... It's already come out if you're listening to this podcast on the Monday that it's coming out. So there might be a few changes between when I'm recording this and when it's actually coming out. Uh, But at the moment, I've got Nathan Cleary and Mitchell Moses in the seven. I really can't separate them. I really can't because Moses has been outstanding this series um, and and Nathan Cleary has been good for a number of series. Uh, But obviously, there's been a a bit of criticism his way in terms of the way he's played recently, more recently. Uh, I think that he's probably still... You know, right up there, Nathan Cleary. It's really hard to split them. It really is. I don't know who I'm going to pick, to be honest. Gun to head, probably Moses. Um, And that's a really big call. And I know I'm going to get absolutely destroyed from that in the comment section if that's who I post when this post does come out. Uh, But I'll make that decision before I post it. I really will. But as I said, very, very hard to separate them both. But if we look at the full side at the moment, I've got James Tedesco at fullback, Brian Toto and Joshua Dakar on the wings. Latrell Mitchell goes back to left centre. Uh, sorry, Stephen Crichton, but Latrell Mitchell does go back to left centre. Bradman Best is going to be moved to the right, but I'd still have him there with Joshua Dakar. I'd probably move them both to the right, have Brian Toto and Latrell Mitchell on the left. Um, then we have Cody Walker and Mitchell Moses in the halves at the moment. Mitch Moses slash Nathan Cleary, as I said, will make a decision on that uh, going into the next few days before I post it, but it'll already be posted by the time you guys are listening to this anyway, so you'll f- know who I've picked by now. Um, Jake Stravojevic and Regan Campbell-Gillard in the front row. Damien Cook is at nine, keeping the same front rowers because I thought it worked really well in terms of starting front rowers. Damien Cook at nine I thought was great to start. Uh, Liam Martin and Keon Kalomitangi, you know, they played the full 80, put in there again, they'll do a job. Cameron Murray at 13, I liked him at 13. I've liked it more um, than whenever you've seen him in the past in the back row. So Cameron Murray's at 13. I've got Matt Burton as my 14. As I said, I think it makes more sense than Clint Gutherson and, and obviously Scott Drinkwater. We know Damien Cook can play the full 80 minutes. Um, you know, I probably would be 50-50 between Matt Burton and Reese Robson. I can see arguments for both. I think the combination worked because it freed up Damien Cook a little bit and obviously gave him a bit more energy and a bit more spark and attack because he had more energy. Uh, but I've got Matt Burton there. I think he can pretty much play anywhere anyway. Uh, Isaiah coming off the bench, we've already talked about how good he was coming off the bench and, and playing a different role to what he usually does for Penrith and in the past for the Blues. Spencer Lanyu, I think he makes his debut off the bench uh, going into next year. He's an outstanding mongrel player and they need a bit of mongrel. And Payne Haas returns coming off the bench. I think that he'll be really impactful coming off the bench. Now, in terms of my reserves, it's obviously going to change. I'm going to make a decision on Mitch Moses and Nathan Cleary now, uh, but I've got Scott Drinkwater, Nico Hines, and Jacob Saifidi at the moment. Uh, If I'm picking between Mitch Moses or Nathan Cleary, 
It's a fucking tough call. It really is a tough call. I am going to go Nathan Cleary just, and I'll move Mitch Moses to the reserves. I know I completely just changed what I literally was saying literally a minute ago, but fuck, I'm going to go Nathan Cleary because I just think that he's been there you know, a little bit more, and I think that he was the plan anyway going into future years. And because of that, I'm probably going to go uh, with Nathan Clear and Mitch Moses is on the reserves. I feel like anyway I would have gone. I feel like I would have copped a bit of criticism regardless. Um, but I'm going to go with Nathan Cleary at seven, Cody Walker at six. As I said, they have very similar games, Cleary and Moses, in terms of their running game, kicking game, passing game. It's very, very similar. Moses, I think, in terms of his running game, as we said, a little bit better. Um, but I think that Cleary's going to get picked purely because he's been there more. I think he's the plan, uh, and I think that he's going to have a big year going into next year as well. I really do think that he's really going to start to kick on a little bit. Um, but, yeah, look, I'm, I'm going to go Nathan Cleary just. So the reserves are Scott Drinkwater, Nico Hines, uh, Jacob Saifidi, and Mitch Moses. And I've gone with Nathan Cleary at seven. Um, going into the Queensland side, as I said, very similar to last night. I think that Reese Walsh comes back, though, at fullback. People are going to say, pick Callum Ponga, pick, pick Callum Ponga. Um, I'm going to go with Reese Walsh just because I thought that the way he played was outstanding. I think that I'm going to put Callum Ponga in the reserves. I just think that, you know, as I said, Reese Walsh was outstanding. It's going to be very hard not to pick Reese Walsh. So Callum Ponga is probably going to go into my reserves, and that leaves me with two 21 man squads, which obviously, if you know me at all, I picked way too many players for everything. Uh, but Reese Walsh is at fullback. I've got Selwyn Cobbo returning for Xavier Coates. I just thought Xavier Coates was very mid yesterday, didn't get much ball. Uh, well, yesterday, I'm recording this on Thursday, so obviously it's yesterday, but on Origin night, I thought he was very mid in game three. He just didn't get the ball much and didn't do much. Um, he had a very adult card game two game. Uh, so someone Cobo is on the wing. He returns. I think that he's going to get a lot more ball. Uh, Murray Talagi is still there. Fuck, he's had a good series. He's another guy that was a bit underrated in game three as well. I thought that he was great. Just didn't, as I said, didn't get much ball. They weren't going to their edges. They did a very New South Wales game two game. They went through the middle a lot. Um, Hamaso Tabiwai Fado and Valentine Holmes in the centers. Keep it the same. Uh, Cam Munster and Daly Cherry Evans, if he's playing rep football, he's another guy that maybe might retire from rep footy after this year, especially if they win the World Cup Australia. I think that he could definitely be a chance of retiring from rep footy. Daly Cherry Evans is a halfback at the moment. Who would I pick at halfback? I think it's probably going to be Tom Dearden. Only just, I think that he's coming before and he's done well. Obviously, that was when Cameron Munster was out there and at six. But Tom Dearden, for me... I don't know, off the top of my head, other than Sam Walker, maybe, but he hasn't even played this year. So I don't know who's to know if he comes back next year for the Roosters. I think he will, but Sanford Smith's been okay and a bit more of a game manager. So, fuck, it's going to be hard to tell. It's hard to pick a side a year early, I tell you that for free, and I can't believe I'm doing this to myself, but I am. Um, I am going to go probably with Tom Dearden at the moment just because he's played Origin before, but, you know, opinions can change. I don't... Uh, you know, a lot of people come along. A lot of people come along. Um, so, yeah, as I said, very interesting to see who they go with after Cherry Evans. It's actually a very interesting discussion. Uh, Lindsay Collins and Tino Fast for the Malawi in the front row. Harry Grant starts at nine. I think they are preparing for the future without Ben Hunt. So, obviously, I think that that means Harry Grant is going to be starting from now on for the Maroons. Um, then I've got 
Obviously, Harry Grant's at nine. Dave Fafita and Felice Garfusi in the back row. Paddy Carrigan is at 13. I've got Ben Hunt, Jeremiah Nanai, Ruben Cotter, and Corey Horsburgh on my bench. I think that's how the bench is going to look. And I don't mind that bench at all, to be honest. I really don't. Uh, Jeremiah Nanai coming on and just... You know, can play in the middle, can play on an edge for Felice Galfusi. And I think that he's another guy that comes back just because of his line running. But again, could retire from rep footy after this year. I think he is around 30. I'll look it up now. But, you know, if he's not, I think he comes back. I think that he was unlucky to miss out um, due to suspension. And then obviously the side was going well. So why change it? Um, he is 31. Yeah, fuck. He could retire from rep footy as well going into next year. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see. At the moment, he is my starting back rower. Um, yeah, so Ben Hunt, Jeremiah Nanai, Ruben Cotter, Corey Horsburgh on the bench. I think Horsburgh retains his spot. Um, and then I've got Tom Dearden, AJ Brimson, Tom Flegler, and Kalen Ponga in my reserves. I think that's a pretty pretty bang-on prediction, to be honest, and very similar, as I've said, to Game 3 for both sides. But I think that's how it's going to look going into next year. Uh, and, yeah, look, very excited for next year. And Game 3 only just finished. So, you know, always excited for Origin. Let's see what happens. One. Yeah.